Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. Hey, really glad you're with us for the Wednesday edition of the Three Martini Lunch. We have good, bad, and crazy martinis for conservatives today. And Jim, let's start with the good martini. It comes to us from the Senate Judiciary Committee, which is now on day three of the confirmation hearings for Judge uh, Ketanji Brown-Jackson, the president's choice, of course, to replace Stephen Breyer on the Supreme Court. Day one is always the nominee's favorite day, where the senators literally bloviate for hours without asking them anything, and then the the nominee gets to give a brief statement. Uh, Yesterday, of course, uh, brought forth a marathon day of questioning. Today will be the same. Uh, One particular moment we're going to highlight here, there are others we we could get to from the questioning, but... uh, uh, Marsha Blackburn, Republican senator from Tennessee, with a fairly simple question for Judge Jackson that Judge Jackson could not answer. Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? N- not in okay. this context. So I'm not a biologist. The of- so there you go, Jim. Uh, Judge Jackson cannot define a woman in this context because she is not a biologist. You see this as a good martini in a couple different ways. Yeah. So the first, uh, so first of all, this was not going to be a particularly dramatic uh, confirmation hearing, or at least I, you know, we thought going into it. It's not changing the balance of the court. Judge Katanji Brown Jackson is not a, a obviously unqualified candidate. Her judicial experience is fine. The question was going to be either, you know, was there some deep, you know, hidden skeleton in her closet that they would find that would alter people's perception of her, or some sort of answer like this one? Um, I think, in terms of experience, yes, yeah, sure, she's perfectly qualified. If you're a Republican senator, you then want to say, okay, well, what in her judicial philosophy do I find sufficiently objectionable? to say, no, I'm going to vote no. By the way, I still think she's very likely to be confirmed. You're probably going to get all 50 Democrats voting yes. You're probably going to get one or two Republicans voting yes, and that'll be enough. Even if it came to a 50-50 split, Kamala Harris would be able to break that tie. But something like this makes it very easy for a Republican senator to say, look, I don't either, she genuinely doesn't know what a woman is, which is not encouraging, or she knows what a woman is and is afraid to say so because it would alienate trans activists and and, you know, the, the fringe of the Democratic Party. And if you can't answer a question honestly, then you probably should not be up on the Supreme Court. So it just made it very easy for any Republican who's looking for an excuse to vote no to vote no. And then secondly, I think this is the sort of thing that is going to go out and interest people who are usually, usually not that interested in Supreme Court confirmation hearings. They argue about a whole bunch of legal and constitutional issues that the average American doesn't spend a lot of time thinking about. But what is a woman? That's an easy question. That's not, you know, that is not the tough. People figure that out by like two or three, you know. Um, and the, the last thing that kind of is fascinating about it is when she says, um, look, I can't, I'm not a biologist. If you, want, if, you, if you wanted to give us that answer, that's fine. That is an acknowledgement that it's a question of biology. It's not a question of psychology. It's not a question of how you feel. It's not a question of how you choose to define yourself. It is a question of biology. And that, I suspect, is in fact what Republicans and folks on the right and even a whole bunch of people in the center have been arguing since the very beginning of this controversy. Now, I think that's right. And as we head into an election season, you know, if the Democrats should have learned anything from last year, it's, you know, going to crazy town is not good for them politically. It's also not good for the country, of course. 
but they just keep going there. They just keep going there. You've got, you know, this uh, story, of course, of the uh, the transgender swimmer, uh, biological male, uh, swimming against uh, uh, the women and winning, of course, uh, much bigger, much more developed muscles and so forth. And then you've got uh, columnists out there saying that this swimmer is basically the same as Jackie Robinson. How do you think that's going to play politically when people are making those sorts of comparisons and women are getting basically beat by biological men uh, at the highest level of athletics? Test market that message on African-Americans. See how that plays. <laughs> I can't help but think some of them, or at, least at minimum, some of them are going to have an objection to that. Um, now, you're, you're, you know, the, the ordinary answers to that question, which were uncontroversial up until very recently, what's a woman? Well, someone who has, you know, two X chromosomes, right? Or someone who has... Uh, I'm not going to use the terms. Let's just say an out, an innie instead of an Audi, right? You know, somebody who can't write their name in the snow without a stencil, you know, whatever definition you want to use, that, you know, that's it, right? Uh, this wasn't a confusing or complicated question up until very, very recently ago. And then the assertion mostly from folks to the left is, well, look, if someone chooses to identify as something that they are not biologically, that is their true new definition. And I don't, I think a lot of Americans look at that and say, mm, no. If Caitlyn Jenner asks to be named Caitlyn, fine. If Caitlyn Jenner wants to have the door held for her, fine. Lots of us, you know, no one wants to be rude. No one wants to be confrontational about that. We want, you know, I want all these people to be happy with their lives. It's a free country. Do what you want to do. But the moment you say, no, no, you have to change your definition of what this is in order to comport with my preferences, that's when people get their backs up and what I think uh, the nominee has stepped in here. Well, we'll see how that plays, both with uh, this confirmation and also with, uh, with with politics heading into these midterm elections and beyond. Jim, it's fascinating to watch uh, confirmation hearings. I haven't seen a ton of this one, but to watch it when a Republican nominee is up there versus a Democratic nominee when they're up there and to watch the nominee uh, dodge the tough questions in both cases saying, you know, this is an issue that could come up. So I really can't give an opinion on that. I have to remain impartial uh, watching how, you know, the the questions get brought up. The Democrats upset that, you know, Republicans are going over Judge Jackson's record, whereas before Sheldon Whitehouse was going through Brett Kavanaugh's yearbook from 1982. So uh, fun to watch the double standards play out to some extent on both sides. But uh, watching the Democrats uh, uh, get into a vapor over how the Republicans are questioning here has been kind of fun. One last thought just there, Greg. Was it like, you know, a couple of years ago when Kamala Harris in the Senate was asking one of the nominees about examples where men get to regulate women's bodies? Yeah, I remember that. Mm hmm. Doesn't that require a definition of a man and a definition of a woman? It does. This used to be not a hard question, but uh, thanks a lot, lefties. Thanks a lot. All right, let's move on to uh, first great sponsor of the day, Fast Growing Trees. Look, it's springtime. It's time to spruce up your yard. It's time to get your flower bed going and a uh, great time to get indoor foliage as well. Uh, we have had the chance to have fast growing trees in our home right now. I can see three of them. We've got a Monstera, a lemon tree, which is growing and will one day give me lemons, which as a Greek guy is very exciting. And then we also have a uh, fig tree uh, that is thriving thanks to fastgrowingtrees.com. And so spring and summer are the seasons for finally getting outdoors for entertaining, pool parties, barbecues. But if your yard looks like a plant cemetery, you're not going to enjoy it as much. So get your place looking like a resort and easily with fast-growing trees. When it comes to caring for your plants, know-how matters. That's why FastGrowingTrees.com's experts curate thousands of plant varieties that will thrive in your specific climate, location, and needs. There's no waiting in lines and no messy cars from hauling plants all over town because you order online or over the phone 
and your plants are shipped to your door in one or two days. Plus, their growing and care advice is available 24-7. So whether you're looking for increased privacy or shade or just adding some natural beauty to your yard, fast-growing trees have the perfect plants and the expertise to help you find them. And even if you've never had a green thumb like me, they'll make you feel like you do. One million home gardeners have already seen what fastgrowingtrees.com can do for them. Plus, with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, you can trust everything will be healthy for years to come. Go to fastgrowingtrees.com slash martini right now and get 15% off your entire order. Get 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com slash martini. Again, fastgrowingtrees.com slash martini. All right, Jim, let's look at the economy. So obviously we're in our bad martini right now. Uh, the Federal Reserve has started to jack up interest rates. Last week, it was a quarter point, And uh, the really bad part is it's not going to stop there. Here is Fed Chairman Jerome Powell telling us what we can expect. The economy is very strong. And against the backdrop of an extremely tight labor market and high inflation, the committee anticipates that ongoing increases in the target range for the federal funds rate will be appropriate. So the simple news is, is that we're going to get a lot more interest rates uh, over the coming months through this year and potentially over the next two to three years, because Powell thinks we're going to be fighting this inflation until at least 2025, uh, Jim. So I don't know how he defines transitory, but it ain't that, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, a lot. I think a lot of Americans on the right side of the spectrum are really frustrated with how uh, the economy is doing, with high gas prices, high food prices, and just runaway inflation, just all you know, supply chain issues. All of these things that have come together to make our economy feel like it's doing very badly. Now, you look at the job numbers, you look at the market, at least some days. By some standards, our economy is doing pretty good, but it's very tough to ignore when gas is at record prices or near record prices. Uh, you go to the store, there's empty shelves sometimes. Uh, when you do five stuff on the shelves, it's super duper expensive. and It just seems to get worse month by month. You know, all right, and people have very, understandably do not feel happy about the state of the economy. And a lot of us think, okay, well, we're going to get, you know, it looks like a good year for Republicans. They're probably going to win the House. There's a good chance they're going to win the Senate. We're going to take back a bunch of governorships. We'll get our guys in there. They'll enact smarter and, and less uh, economically suicidal policies, and things will get better. Uh, you know, gradually, slowly, eventually, yeah, but uh, it certainly does not uh, look like it's going to be a quick one. And the macro, the, the factors that cannot necessarily be controlled, certainly not controlled simply by the Congress, uh, don't look very good, and it does look like it's going to take a while. We can stop some of the damage, but it's going to be a while before the economy is uh, thriving again. And of course, Jim, uh, when interest rates go up, uh, the interest on our debt, which is now $30 trillion, is uh, is going to go up, and that's going to be a bigger, bigger must-pay portion of our budget, along with uh, major entitlements and so forth. And so that's going to make uh, budgeting even harder, but I'm sure they'll just throw another omnibus bill at us without much debate. So take care of it. We'll, we'll spend our way out of the inflation crisis. <laughs> yes, Mr. Keynes. Let's just, let's do that. Let's do that. All right. Well, if that uh, exhausts you to think of how interest rates are going to be rising soon and all that goes along with that, let's get some rest with the best pillow. Uh, MyPillow.com slash martini. You've also got the fantastic sheets and the mattress topper, the slippers. But right now we're going to talk about those fantastic towels. I love these towels. My favorite towels that we have. Six-piece towel set, regularly $109.99. Now you can get them for just $39.99 per set. The MyPillow six-piece towel set is made from cotton grown right here in the United States. 
Now, some other towels might feel good, but they don't absorb very well. Or maybe they absorb, but they don't feel good. If they got that lotion-y feel. Well, every MyPillow towel is made from proprietary technology that makes them highly absorbent and soft to the touch. Every set comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. They're available in a variety of colors and sizes. They're machine washable. And these towels come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a one-year limited warranty. So for a limited time, get the MyPillow six-piece towel set regularly $109.99 for just $39.99 with our promo code MARTINI. Visit MyPillow.com slash MARTINI or call 800-874-0104. You'll also find deep discounts on all MyPillow products there, including the MyPillow mattress topper, the MyPillow Giza Dream Sheets, and so much more. Get your six-piece MyPillow towel set for just $39.99 today at MyPillow.com slash MARTINI or call 800-874-0104. MyPillow.com slash martini. All right, Jim, on to our crazy martini. Could be good as well. Not exactly sure how to say this uh, gentleman's name, but Russian climate envoy Anatoly Chubais, Chubai, I don't know, has stepped down and left the country, citing his opposition to President Vladimir Putin's war in Ukraine, according to two people familiar with the situation, becoming the highest level official to break with the Kremlin over the invasion. Chubais, 66, is one of the few 1990s-era economic reformers who had remained in Putin's government and had maintained close ties with Western officials. Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov did not immediately respond to a request for comment. He's, this guy who's leaving now is known as the architect of Russia's 1990s privatizations. Uh, and this guy also gave Putin his first Kremlin job in the mid-1990s and initially welcomed his rise to power at the uh, uh, when Boris Yeltsin left. So, Jim, first of all, it's weird to have a climate guy who likes privatization. So that's kind of an interesting twist. We could potentially go down at some point. But, uh, you know, we've got a significant figure, it would seem, in the Russian government who's being very obvious, very public, about defying Vladimir Putin. He might not live the month, but uh, this is uh, potentially a significant breaking point here. Yeah, I mean, look, maybe this guy's used to being in awkward situations because think about it. First of all, you're the guy who helped get Putin started in politics. Hey, how did that work out for you, huh? <laughs> uh, then secondly, you're the climate guy in a government whose revenues run almost entirely on oil exports. Yes, yes, let's get those electric cars going. You're like the one of the few voices on earth that wants to maximize other people's reliance on, on fossil fuels. Uh, and then the third thing, we've been wondering, you know, we've been putting all these sanctions on. Um, I wrote earlier in the week about how we really shouldn't be counting on the oligarchs turning on Putin. They're kind of in the positions they are because they're the last people on earth uh, who would ever turn on Putin. In fact, if there's any any time they any demonstrate independence or rebellion or, you know, even even... Um, conflict with Putin, Putin takes them out. And I don't mean he takes away their fortune. I mean, they die in mysterious circumstances, or in some cases, not so mysterious circumstances. There are other ricketier re regimes in places like Pyongyang and Tehran that have managed to hang on through sanctions regimes like this. But then there's this guy. And he's, you know, he's decided, that's it. I'm out. I can't deal with this anymore. And, you know, my, you know I, I would tell him to be very careful when eating soup in the future. Uh, that's referring to the polonium uh, that Putin put in the uh, leader of, I believe, it was the Ukrainian leader uh, a couple of years back in the, you know, early days of Bush's second term. It is kind of intriguing to see there are some people who are saying, "All right, this is this is no way this is going to turn out well. This is something like the rats leaving the ship." I don't think losing the climate guy is going to be enormously consequential to Putin, but I think it is kind of this 
open reflection of what probably a lot of people at the high levels of the Russian government are thinking. They know this is a disaster. They can see the actual figures. They can see the actual casualties. They can see how slow moving the advance is when it's advancing at all. They can see the economic consequences. Having said that, there's no sign, at least so far, that there have any effect on Putin's thinking. But uh, it is something of an encouraging sign and just very strange to see one guy uh, who's been with Putin for a very long time look at the circumstances and say, that's it, I'm out. Yeah, it doesn't happen too often. Uh, I fear he might get Trotsky somewhere. I don't know if it'll be an ice axe this time like it was with him, but uh, Putin usually goes for the poison. But uh, anyway, uh, I'm still fascinated by the fact we got a potential capitalist in a climate position. Jim, I would love that in the United States. I don't, I don't want a Russian necessarily there, but uh, uh, it'd be a nice twist, wouldn't it? It would. Uh, you know, it could be, Look, because by that point, who knows? Maybe you could actually find some solutions that would bring people together and gradually make these transitions and not put yourself in a situation where you're suddenly more dependent on regimes like Russia for you know oil and gas. But that would never work now, would it, Greg? <laughs> well, I can tell you what's not working, what they're doing right now. Yeah. Uh, Jim, on that note, uh, we'll reconvene tomorrow. See you then. See you tomorrow, Greg. Jim Garrity, National Review. I'm Greg Corumbus, Radio America. Thanks so much for being with us today. Do subscribe to the podcast. If you don't already, tell your friends about us as well. Uh, thank you very much for your five-star ratings and your kind reviews. Please keep those coming. Get us on your home devices. All you have to say is play Three Martini Lunch Podcast. Follow us on Twitter. Jim is at Jim Garrity. I'm at Dateline underscore DC. Have a terrific Wednesday, and please join us on Thursday for the next Three Martini Lunch. Hey guys, we know it's hard to keep up with all the news these days, but don't worry because we're here to talk and laugh about it all. We're praying for Ukraine as Russia continues its invasion. Tom Brady is out of retirement after only 60 days and Biden is solely blaming Putin for the continuous rise in gas prices. Hey, it's the Chicks here from the Chicks on the Right podcast. Download and subscribe to our daily podcast to hear us pick apart and pick on the news of the day. Politics to pop culture, nobody's safe, but it's all fun. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts podcasts.